Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the iTalk Credit Radio Show with your host, Ira Royal, using financial literacy to inspire, motivate, and empower people to set and achieve goals in all aspects of life. Join us every Thursday evening starting at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Cat Builder Network. To be a guest or for more information, go to italkcredit.com. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Italk Credit Radio Show. This is your host, Ira Royal. Thank you for joining today. We have a special, special day ahead of us. Lots of great guests are going to come on and give us a little bit of information from topics ranging from small business to how you can get your business set up to function correctly to your personal credit and restoration services. So as always, every Thursday we're right here at 7 p.m. just talking about what we can do to inspire, motivate, and empower people to take control of their financial lifestyle. Again, this show is about the listeners. It's about you. It's about bringing forth education, knowledge, and just planting seeds. So maybe you hear something on this show that you go out and say, hey, I want to change this in my life or, you know, I want to learn more information about this. You know, I had a conversation earlier this week with a gentleman. He said, you know, I listen to your show every week. Some things I agree with, some things I don't agree with. And my response was, great. That's good. Listen. This show is all about depositing seeds. Whether you agree with it or not, if, you, if it sparks a conversation, that's what all I'm worried about. There's no guru when it comes to finances, right? We all know that. Um, certain things work for certain people, but as long as we keep the conversation going and we're asking questions, we're reading books, we're reading articles, we're learning and we're growing, that's my main objective. That's my, um, you know, that's what I'm here for. So, the show today. When we get back, we're going to start off with credit concepts. Every week they come give us a little bit of education about what they're doing in the community and how you can use their services to turn around your credit um, lifestyle. Then we're going to bring on Mr. Chris Frederick. He's going to give us a little bit of small business topic and news. We'll have a guest interview today with Mr. Daniel Ola. He's with ADP. So he's really going to give us a lot of wisdom on what we can do um, to make sure our business is thriving. Then we're going to go to the death to, death to the score segment where we're going to talk about keeping up with Joneses. So you're listening to I Talk Credit on the Cat Builder Radio, and we'll be right back. If only for 
Welcome back to the I Talk Credit Radio Show. This is your host, Ira Royal. It's a little Luther Vandross. So I've got a little slow music playing today just for all the ladies out there who didn't have a Valentine. We're going we're gonna to serenade them a little bit. We're going to give them some good financial education and some good music tonight. So let's bring on Mr. Quincy with Credit Concepts. Hey, Quincy, thanks for joining the show. My pleasure, Ira. As always, man, I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule. I know you're doing a lot in the community in New York and, well, really, I would say around the world. Um, So I always appreciate you just stopping by and dropping some education. And so, you know, just kind of go through again, like you do every week, what you're doing in the community, some of your products, and how they can reach you. Great, great. And, uh, again, uh, definitely always look forward to these Thursday calls. I think your platform is amazing. And anytime I can take my time out to educate the masses, I'm, I'm always up for it. Um, so uh, Credit Concepts is the is the company. We've been uh, in business for about nine years. So our primary objective has always been to educate and teach individuals the importance of credit, how to build it, how to maintain it, how to improve it, um, but as of late, we've been moving into a realm where self-empowerment is key. You know, there's many companies that claim to fix credit or repair credit. Um, so we've taken the approach to kind of empower individuals to kind of let them understand the tools that it takes to start self-recovery. So that way they don't necessarily need to retain credit, quote-unquote, credit repair companies. They'll have the skill set to resolve their own credit issues using our platform. So that's the new innovation that we're bringing to the industry, self-empowerment using our platform to make sure they get an understanding of the mechanics behind the recovery and then teach them and educate them going forward to know what tools are needed to maintain that recovery process. Uh, That's You know what? I've never heard of a company who is in the same space that you're in, um, Quincy, talk about self-empowerment education. Typically it's, hey, sign up with us for a year. We'll completely turn your credit lifestyle around. You won't have anything to worry about. You know, we'll do all the disputes for you. But they never talk about teaching. And I think it's that, you know, kind of saying, um, you know, if, well, how's it go? If you can't, um, I won't teach you how to fish. I'll give you the, I don't know, I'll, I'll lead you to the water, but uh, and teach you how to fish so you can eat yourself, basically. So I, exactly. I you're, kind of, you're, you're, you're self-empowering people and educating them so at the end of the day they don't need your services. They can do it themselves. Exactly. Now, we always want to make sure that they still remain on our platform because, again, it can be intimidating. And we don't want your listeners to think that they have to be credit experts to start that recovery process. Basically, our platform is going to simplify what's been kind of difficult in the recovery process throughout the years in this industry. So they will still want to use us as far as our platform, but once they're on our platform, then they'll be able to see how easy and simplistic it is to not only understand what's damaging the report. Once they understand it, they'll see, okay, these are the tools needed to start the recovery. Now that you understand the tools, now here's how you execute. And after you execute, here's how you maintain So as long as they kind of use us as that crutch, we will always hold their hand through the process, but just always make sure that they're doing things the right way to get the results that they want. Um, Education is key. We will always be in this need for this service unless they have that tools to maintain. So that's why it's very key that once they are in the recovery space, that they maintain it, and that ongoing education is going to provide that assistance in doing so. Quincy, from your point of view, what can people do, and this is outside of just using your your expertise and this is outside of your product, what can people do to educate themselves? Um, Would you suggest Googling credit literacy or going to the Bureau's website? But, you know, say they know nothing about credit concepts, right, and they just want to learn something about credit. If if you could speak to them, where would you tell them to start? Well, fortunately, um, we provide that educational platform for free. 
So we'll tell them to come register for free at our website. You know, it's www.creditconcepts.com, and that's credit with the K, concepts with the K. Or we have what we call our credit academy. So people that are wanting to get credit educated can simply sign up on our website, and we'll feed them that tools and education at no cost. As long as they're committed to learning and understanding, then monthly we'll take them from point A to point Z in the program or in the educational platform. Um, they will receive weekly uh, emails. They will go through monthly tests to make sure they're really understanding and grasping the knowledge that they're getting from those monthly or weekly emails. And then at the end of the course, then we can pretty much guarantee that they'll have a total new viewpoint on credit, on the education, what they could potentially do on their own, and then as a safety net, if they still need us, then we're always here to help them. But I always recommend, because we've kind of been in the industry for nine years, we kind of put everything and compiled it into a six-month program as far as our educational course that really hits every key area needed to make sure that they're fully educated in an advanced way. And then, as, again, the Internet is a, is a wide-open source. They can still find things. Obviously, they want to be careful because there's a lot of myths, there's a lot of you know discrepancies that you can find online. So I truly recommend if they're really interested in finding out the core of this industry, sign up for free on our site, and we'll put them through that educational course at no cost. I like that. You know, I've looked at your, your curriculum, and the thing that I most the thing that's most valuable about your curriculum is you don't assume that people know anything. And I think that's always good. You know, we see bankers sometimes and mortgage lenders and just anybody talking about finances, they'll go in a conversation with someone and assume that they know all of the acronyms and, you know, what APR is or, you know, what payment history even means. And they don't understand that some people really have zero knowledge about this thing we call financial literacy, and they're talking above them, and, and the people that are you know, in those conversations are just not grasping it. They, they don't even know where to start, and you're throwing out all these numbers and figures, and they just they, – they, you, more so, you more confuse them than help them. And, but your curriculum, it really talks to people in layman's terms. It, it gives you information where it's easy to digest, and you walk them along in that process, and I think that's amazing. Exactly. And and again, we, we understand how difficult this industry can be. So it was important that we put it in the most layman terms as possible. And then once we feel that they get past that, then there's so many other features and things that we can provide to escalate their education. So um, definitely highly recommend taking that poem because, again, financial literacy isn't just about credit education. It's a whole wide open spectrum of, of, of information. But at the core of it, because credit is so important that we figure if we start there and you're able to master that, then everything else will kind of come secondhand and easy. That's right. I agree. I agree. Well, Q, thank you so much. As always, I appreciate you coming on the show and, and giving us that knowledge and, uh, and definitely directing us where we can contact you if we have any questions. And your credit education platform is amazing, and I will tell all the listeners to, hey, go try it out. Like you said, it's for free. And at the end of the day, everybody needs information. Everybody needs to be educated. There's nobody out here that knows everything about credit. And I don't care if you go in there a couple times a year, it might be something updated that you didn't know that you can use in your own household. So go check it out. Q, thanks again, man. My pleasure. Thank you. No problem. That was Q from Credit Concepts. Again, you know, he's talking about self-empowerment, um, self-education, and, and really using the tools that he's providing to the community to um, educate yourself. And that's always good. You don't want to be dependent on anybody, but, of course, his product really helps you along the way so it can be easy to digest, and I think that's very important. We're going to take a, a little short break, and when we come back, we're going to talk to Mr. Chris Frederick, and he's going to give us a little bit of information on, on small businesses. You're listening to I Talk Credit and the Cat Builder Network.
Welcome back to I Talk Credit on the Cat Builder Radio Network. This is your host, Ira Royal. And today's show is bringing you information about personal credit restoration. We're going to talk about small business um, development. We're going to talk about how to help your business thrive with our guest interview. And then we're going to circle back around and talk about death to the score and keeping up with the Joneses. So right now we're going to bring to the show Mr. Chris Frederick. Chris is a guest of the show. He's always ready and, and open to just come on board and share news. Chris, welcome to the show. I uh, appreciate it. What's going on, man? Man, I can't complain, man. I'm I'm having a great day today. It's, it's not sunny outside anymore, but we're having pretty good weather here in Atlanta, and I'm blessed, man. So how about you? I hear you, What's man. What's going on? Man, everything's going great, man. It's just, it looks like we got some warm weather about to come this weekend. Um, so, yeah, I'm like you, man. I'm just blessed, man, you know, on this show where, you know, you play a little Valentine's song for the ladies and then teach them about credit, man. It's like a one-stop shop, man. Can't can't mess with this show. I like it. I was going to call this show Walk where, <laughs> where else you going to hear Johnny Gill and then we turn right around and talk about credit? You ain't going to hear that anywhere else. <laughs> Nowhere else. <laughs> Nowhere else. <laughs> I like it, man. So, yeah, man, I was just going to talk a little bit about um, business plans. A lot of times, especially uh, if you're a new business and you're just starting off or if the bank or investor you're going to doesn't know anything about your business, one of the main things they ask for is financials and a business plan. So a lot of times I get uh, questions about what should go on this Google in this business plan, what's the information that should be in it, because it can be overwhelming if you've never wrote one, especially if you don't have one. So I was just going to go, you know, through a couple things that should be in it, Uh, starting off with the basics, just what is your business? What does your business do? Um, You know, do you you sell things? Are you a service? Is it a car wash? Uh, Maybe you're a restaurant. Maybe you're just a food truck. Like, what exactly does the business do, and how long has the business been existing, Um, and how long have you been owning the business? So we just kind of want to get an idea of how much industry experience you have in the business. So, you know, it may be a type of thing where you've only owned the business, you know, maybe six months, but you've actually been working in this industry all your life for 20 years. Um, this is where you get a chance to document this information so the bank knows. And, again, that's another check mark, um, just kind of showing um, the experience you have in the business. Something else. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Uh-huh. Perfect, I'm sorry, yeah. that makes perfect sense, though. 
Yeah, yeah. You you just kind of want to, you know, it's important on how long you've been in the business. You know, if you've been a doctor all your life and then all of a sudden you're like, yo, I'm going to open a, you know, a, a, a mechanic shop. You know, I'm going to start fixing cars. You know, that's a red flag. <laughs> like, why, why are you doing that? You know, um, so, you, you know, and, and you get that. You'll be surprised that, you know, a lot of people are just like, I want to give it a whim, and which it's always great if you want to try, but it's going to be more difficult to get financing if you don't have that much experience in it. And it doesn't necessarily mean that's been your primary source of income for a long time. You may have been doing it for the side, which that counts too. Uh, the bank just wants to know you do have some type of experience in it before loaning you um, a sum of money, of course. You know, um, I'm glad you said mm-hmm. that too, Chris, because so what we're not telling people is this. If you want to jump into another industry and open up a, a business and you've done your research, that's fine. You can do that. Nothing wrong with doing that. But what you're saying is if you're looking to go get financing from a traditional bank and you're jumping into an industry and you have no experience, you have to understand that they're going to look at that as something that, hey, that's a red flag or, you know, why should we loan, lend money to a person who has no type of business knowledge or experience in an in a industry and then think they're going to generate revenue from it. So I like that you said that. Not that you can't do it, but you have to – be aware of how people are going to perceive that um, business venture. Exactly, man. It's just it's just a safe bet. Like when people bet on games, nine times out of ten, you bet on the team that you think's going to win the game because they showed something earlier in the schedule. It's a player that's really good, or they're going to come up. So that's why you bet on the thing. It's the same thing with the bank. They want to loan money to someone that they they see potential in because they already have experience and they've done it before. So it's the same type of thing. Um, another thing that you may want in that business plan uh, while we're on industry is industry knowledge, like what's going on in that industry. If it's a restaurant, maybe it's a pizza restaurant, maybe, you know, if you have a little information that, hey, pizza restaurants, revenues have grown uh, 10% in the past year, just kind of give a little general knowledge about the industry. Now, um, obviously the bank's going to do their own due diligence and they have sources where they can get this information from, but you always want to give your knowledge as well because maybe maybe the bank's is out of date. Maybe you have industry knowledge is more of a local level that may be um, mm-hmm. an asset to the bank and just something they didn't realize. So, What about uh, letters of recommendation? What do you, what do you think about that? Like, Those are absolutely. good? Absolutely. Letters of recommendation. Yeah, letters of recommendation is something you can have in there um, just showing maybe from your customers uh, that you do good work, da-da-da. We've been customers for three years. We never have any complaints. We continue to do. I'm going to continue to do business with this person. Um, Maybe it's just uh, from customers or other businesses you work with. Sometimes you may partner with other businesses. That's always good. Um, another, Another thing that's good is, with letters of recommendations is if maybe you have potential contracts. Maybe you can show that, hey, I don't have a lot of business right now, but I am in negotiation with a contract um, or I have contracts that's coming up in the next six months. Um, It's always good in that business plan to show how you plan on making money. How you make money, like, and and how you're going to be able to pay this loan back. Obviously, it's always the number one key for the bank. You brought up an interesting concept contract. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you do a lot of businesses that say, hey, okay, so we just we just won this government contract or maybe a state contract, whatever, um, will they take that contract to the bank at that time saying, hey, look, we just won this contract, you know, it's guaranteed, rev- guaranteed revenue, but we have supplies, we have, you know, overhead expenses. These are things that we need to actually complete this contract. Will you lend, like, will you use that contract basically as a, like, collateral? Do people do that? Um, nine times out of ten, we don't use it as collateral, but it is mm-hmm. a great thing to supply the bank with because it shows we have a good source of repayment. Maybe it's even a primary mm-hmm. source of repayment, which is great. You get that with a lot of, um, like, a contractor, someone who's building something like, I have a contract, this is how much they're paying me, these are the dates they're going to pay me. So that just lets the bank know that you have this guaranteed income that we know is coming in. And it also which is also good to put in your business plan is how this loan is going to make you money. So using that same example of the contract, you know, you may tell the bank like, hey, I need a loan 
for materials, and this loan is going to make me money because once I get these materials and I can build this building, guess what? I have a contract, and they're going to pay me, and I can, you know, I'm going to make more money. I'm going to be able to pay your loan off, and I'm also going to help the business cash flow as well. So, you know, that's something else you want to have in there. I'm glad you brought that up. You want to have that in your business plan on how this loan could potentially make my business more successful, um, you know, because a lot of businesses just need extra cash flow just so they can get to that payday. Just sometimes it's the timing of the cash flow. Okay, that makes perfect sense. Chris, the next time you're on the show, I want you to do a, a segment on cash flow, on, on just that topic, because you have a lot of businesses out here that do not understand that terminology, cash flow, what is it? What does it come from? How do you put it in the business plan? How does it show up on your financials? That's one of the most, in my opinion, correct me if I'm wrong, that's one of the most important, you know, items in that statement of, of finances is that cash flow. Where's the money going? Where's it coming from? Is Are there any in reserves? Are you using any of it to redevelop your business? Um, you know, if you're a large corporation, are you giving it back in, in terms in, in, in regards to dividends? You know, what is this thing called cash flow? So next time you're on, man, I really want to dig into that topic and show people, hey, look, this is very serious. You know, you need, really, really need to understand cash flow, basically. No, I agree. You're, and you're right. That is, that's one of the number one things the bank's going to look at. Even if you don't go to a bank, if you go to a private investor, if, if they're, you know, got a pretty good head on their shoulders, that's the number one thing they're going to look at, that cash flow. Uh, the money coming in and out. That's the number one thing is money coming in and out. So absolutely. And uh, next time we can definitely do a segment on that. I can't wait to do it. Perfect. Perfect. Chris, as always, thank you so much for sliding through the show and giving us laughs and also giving us valuable information. Um, I really appreciate it. And all the listeners, I know they appreciate it. Um, There's no book to this. Well, there are a lot of books out there, but I would say there's no, you know, streamline or or just pathway to how to own a successful business and get financing forward. And I believe the more information that you get from different sources, you can be more well-rounded and more prepared when you step in front of that banker or even if it's an alternative lending organization, you can come in with a plan and that's just coming in and, you know, you're sitting across the table with someone and they're telling you, you know, what you want to hear or basically defining your destiny. You're coming prepared, asking questions, and engaged. And I believe if you do that, then, you know, whether you get the loan or not, you'll still come out learning something. So that's a form of success. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. So can't wait to um, uh, talk to you next time. And, you know, I'll let you get back to the uh, credit and slow jams. <laughs> I, I appreciate it, man. Thank you. We about, we about to give him a little baby face before we go to the guest interview. I appreciate <laughs> Not the baby face. Okay. Yeah, we'll right, right. That was Chris Frederick, and uh, as always, you know, he joins and gives us information about small business um, development and how to get lend, um, loan opportunities and lending. And, um, you know, he just has a wealth of information, so we appreciate him. We're going to go to a little quick break. When we come back, we're going to bring Mr. Daniel Ola with ADP on. He's going to tell us a little bit about what he does and you know, how does this help a business thrive. So you're listening to I Talk Credit on the Cat Builder Radio Show. We'll be back in one moment.
Welcome to the I Talk Credit Radio Show. This is your host, Ira Royal. And, you know, we've had a good show so far, a great show so far. We brought on Credit Concepts. Of course, they come and give us information about personal business restoration and credit education. We have Mr. Chris Frederick on the line talking about small business news, what you can do to prepare yourself for lending, um, how to really understand your own business and make sure that you can communicate that to the bankers or alternative lending organizations to say, hey, look, I've been in this business for a while. I have a plan of action. I know how to make money, and I can market myself. That's always important. So what we're going to do right now, we're going to go right into our guest interview. We have Mr. Daniel Ola. He's going to join the show from ADP. Ola, how you doing, brother? I'm doing excellent. I'm doing excellent, Ira. How are you doing, good sir? I'm doing wonderful, man. I really appreciate you joining the show today. You know, I reached out to you and you were, you know, basically, hey, whatever you need me to do, I'm there. So I appreciate that. Yes, sir. Black empowerment. I love it. Empowerment of the people. We need this. That's right. That's right. So, you know, basically on my guest interviews, the floor is yours. Anything you want to share with the audience, you know, I'll ask you a couple of questions, but, you know, this is your time to just share what you do. Um, you can talk a little bit about yourself and, you know, okay. where you've been and where you're going and anything important that you might think the viewers need to hear, need to listen, um, need to understand. So I appreciate you coming on the show, and the floor is yours, sir. Hey, thank you for having me again. So uh, a little bit about myself. Um, my name is Daniel Ola. I've been with ADP now for about seven years. Um, and I started as an intern at ADP and worked my way up uh, to a sales executive. Um, being a sales executive, I control three states and 10 territories. Among those three states, I have 10 individual reps that actually go out on a day-to-day and meet with business owners. So we'll talk about business owners. Um, their goal is to assist business owner from startup to finish. When we say startup to finish, we're talking about three main areas that we focus on. Cash flow, people management, and risk management. Um, ADP has been in the payroll and human capital management business for about, I would say about 70 years now. Um, we were first in the market to actually branch out. Um, ADP bought out a company called Express Payroll, and that's where they launched from. Um, we're located in New Jersey, but across the 50 states and um, territories, ADP do have individual um, reps that cover each city, each state, and various um, business um, segments. Um, today, when we were talking about small business, I, I'm, I'm going to focus on that area because I know that that's the ground level of um, business um, to launch your business. Um, so in my role here with my 10 associates across the three states, what I do is facilitate and make sure that every documentation that comes into ADP is, one, appropriate, Two is legal and certified, and three, it is IRS compliance in regards to um, Department of Labor, Department of Revenue, and also um, in terms of income tax. So um, that's my main focus area with ADP, and when we talk about the three areas that ADP covers for most businesses, we cover cash flow management, which um, when we talk about that, we, we dive into a little bit of payroll, workers' comp, health insurance, and employer liability taxes that, you're, that you will have to pay your employee and your employee will have to pay out to the state. When we talk about people management, we're talking about from the hiring to firing your employee, from the documentation that um, uh, an individual might need as a business owner to give to the employees, and also to, to also fire those employees and also reach out to the state and manage those employees. Those are your people. And then risk management, we talk a little bit about workers' comp, health insurance, um, firing those irate employees that are, you know, putting your business at risk. You know, number one thing I always share with business owners, this is your retirement. This is your lifestyle. So um, those three segments are the areas that I focus on. And um, anybody, if you feel free to ask me any questions. Ira? Yes, sir. So we work with a lot of businesses, right? And one of the main things that, you know, well, when I hear ADP, I think of payroll. And I know you do so much more, but you kind of cornered that market, and everybody knows as ADP as a payroll company. But why would a person go to ADP instead of using QuickBooks or something that they can, you know, download on their tablet or their computer to do it themselves 
in their mind, well, you know, I'm saving money and this is an expense that I don't have to pay. Educate the audience on why it's good to use ADP as a resource for your money management or your payroll services. Excellent question, Ira. The um, number one thing that I always share with um, industry, um, how can I put it, industry subject experts that I reach out to every day. When you're a business owner and you open your business, let's say you're a coffee shop owner, you are a subject matter expert on making coffee the best coffee that anybody has ever tasted. You don't want your coffee from the garbage men. <laughs> you don't want your coffee from uh, from the sandwich store in a sense. You want your coffee from, from the Starbucks, right? You want your coffee from a uh, reputable name. That's number one thing that we offer is subject matter expert. Each ADP rep that you might meet will be licensed in, in something called our Payroll Financial Essentials, PFC. Um, PFE and PFC are two different certifications that each ADP associate will have to go and acquire before they even start the position. Make them a subject matter expert because you're talking about taxes, okay, when we talk about payroll. And another thing, another segment that you want to think about is, hey, there is many ways of court uh, of saving by using QuickBooks, uh, Quicken, maybe Intuit, and things like such. But then you're talking about your business being number one in the industry. You want to partner with a number one industry uh, um, subject matter expert. So someone in the, in, in the industry that is a subject matter expert as ADP will, number one, give you all the legal documents that you need. Um, a lot of business owners tend to Google things uh, because they want to go out and say, hey, I save time, I know about it, and I Google it. But guess what? You have ADP on your side, and you have subject matter expert at your disposal. Um, we have a 24-hour hotline that each client is able to reach out to a subject matter expert in the area of their need. So when, you're, when, when your business come on board with ADP, if you need help with payroll, you will talk to a subject matter expert in the payroll department. When you need help with workers' comp, you will talk to a subject matter expert in workers' comp. So we have various subject matter experts that have been hired on board with ADP, and in return, as you as a business owner, you get to use the subject matter expert at your leisure anytime that you want, 24-7. Fun and great thing about this is you only pay a one-time monthly fee. So with ADP, a lot of people don't know the cost factor behind it and think, wow, hey, it's the number one um, subject matter expert industry company. Number two, it's, it's been around for a very, very long time. I know that they paid me, they paid my mom, they paid my dad, they even paid my little brother um, because every check is on ADP. But guess what? You also have that resources to yourself if you're a small business owner. And for a fraction of what you think the price will be, and I'm going to give you the pricing today, actually, to, to kind of educate um, your, 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 your listeners, um, Ira. Um, it's very, very cheap and minimal. Okay. I was, I was going to ask you about that, too. You know, when I do, you know, consultations with small business owners, <clears throat> one of the things that I always tell them that it's very important for them to know what their core competency is. And what I mean by that, like you said, if you're the best coffee maker, that's what you do well. You don't need to try to wear every hat in the organization. You don't need to be the CFO, the operations officer, you know, public relations. You, you basically, you have a lot of hats, but nothing is being done 100%, right? Focus on what you do well and surround yourself with a team of people that can help you be successful. And I think that's what you're talking about is, hey, look, if you're really good at, I don't care if it's making cards or I don't care if it's, um, you know, training for a basketball team, if that's what you do and people are paying you, then you need to outsource that other side of the house to someone who's an expert that can really help educate you on what to do um, and how to do it the most effective way possible. So I appreciate that. One question I do have for you is, are we talking about small business owners, as in, you know, maybe you have, what, five employees? We're talking about medium size or large. Where does ADP fit in that spectrum of how large the business is? Excellent question, Ira. When we're talking about small business, by definition of small business to the United States government, when we talk about the um, IRS, 
a small business is any business that has a net income of $1 to half a million dollars. Once you gross over half a million dollars, you are over your small business network. Also, there's employee size um, criteria. In, in regards to IRS, they look at your business when you have one 1099 to 50 1099, you are a small business. Once you capitalize over that 50 and you go to 51 employees, 51 1099, or 30 employees and 20 1099, you are now trickling down into the range of mid size to large size business. So ADP covers an array of business type segments. So in my specialty, I focus on small business size. So if you have income of half a million dollars, you're perfect for our industry. If you have an income of a dollar, you're perfect for our industry. And when you get over that 50 employee mark, maybe 50 1099s or 50 um, employees, then we have the next segment for you, which will be our mid-sized businesses. And, and we do have some I would say some weird situations where you do have a business with, it might be a restaurant and they have 300 employees because we know mm -hmm. restaurants tend to roll over and turn over every week, every month, but your income is still below, let's say half a million dollars. You still do fall under that small business segment. Okay. Good information. Question for you. So, one of the things that small business owners deal with a lot is time, right? Time is something that, you know, we say is our biggest, you know, you know the biggest thing that we have and the most important that we, thing that we have is time. How can ADP help small business owners when they're running from client to client or service to service and they need something automated, they need it fast, they need reporting, they need all of these things so they can keep their mind on what they do best but they want to make sure they have clear insight into what's going on financially with their organization. How can ADP play a role in helping them streamline their business and really save time? Excellent question again. In regards to streamlining your business, ADP has a turnkey software, which is licensed out to each business owner. So when you sign up with ADP as a business owner, what you're doing is handing over your reins, of how I manage my employee to ADP. I want ADP to help me manage and streamline my employee, my employees and my business in regards to three main things. The first area that we're going to focus on for the business is making sure that all their tax liability is recorded appropriately and has been registered appropriately. So number one thing, we're talking about the Department of Labor, the Department of Revenue, and we're talking about the IRS. A lot of people get it confused, Ira, when we talk about these three segments of, of, of federal jurisdiction. When we talk about Department of Labor, we're talking about the state entity. When we talk about Department of Revenue, we're talking about the state entity. When we're talking about the IRS, it encompasses those three entities on the federal level. So ADP, the first things first is they will help you register for your Department of Labor number, Department of Revenue number, and also your IRS number. When we talk about the IRS number, we're talking about your EIN number. Business owners, some business owners don't know it's very, very easy to go and set up your EIN number. This is practically done online, and it's free. The next segment, after you have your employee identification number for your business, would be your Department of Revenue number, which would be your SIT. We call that SIT because it's state income tax. Your state income tax is your Department of Revenue number. That number is used to charge your employees and you as an employer the state income tax that is due on each payroll. I'm, gonna, I'm making it as layman term as easy as possible. Then next we have the SUI which is your Department of Labor number. Your state insurance unemployment number is your SUI, S-U-I, unemployment insurance number. This is your insurance for when Ira fires Daniel Ola. Let's say Ira says, Daniel, you know what? You are a great host today, but I'm going to fire you tomorrow. Once he terminates me, 
I, as an employee, can then go to the state and request uh, an insurance to take care of my bidding for 60 to 90 days before I find another talk show to, to be employed from, if you understand what I mean. Um, yeah. so it's, an insurance poli- it, it's an insurance policy for the employee to pay. I'm excuse me, the employee to receive from, and the employer pays for that insurance policy, okay? If we're talking about the state income tax, the employer and the employee pays into those taxes together. Um, and then there's uh, IRS tax, which is called the FICA tax. The FICA is the Social Security and the Medicaid tax, and the employee and the employer also plays into that tax. Ira? Yeah, that makes sense. That's, that's a lot of good information. Most people look at their pay stubs or, or look at those tax brackets, and they have no idea what they're looking at. They're just like, oh, you know, more money is being taken out or less money is being taken out, and they have no type of insight behind the what's really going on. So I think more people need to hear information about what taxes are being taxed and where does it go, who's taxing you, is the state fed, and how can you not only say, not saying manipulate it, but you need to learn where is it going and, you know, how can you manage around that, right? That's very, very true. When you, when you talk about um, not necessarily manipulating it, but ne- the necessity in knowing how to fluctuate your exemptions. Because sometimes mm-hmm. we, we think about it. Hey, if you're working in a, in a standard industry where you're getting paid a salary every month and your salary does not change, then you know, hey, if I have election one as a deduction, then I'm going to get charged the highest level of taxation possible. Basically, mm-hmm. what the election is telling you when you when – you, fill out your W-4 is, hey, I want the IRS to tax me at the highest taxable bracket possible. When you put a one down as your election, you're saying, hey, I only want you to look at me as an individual, and I work by myself, I don't have a family, and I'm not worried about the tax implementation at the end of the year. I want the IRS to have an O me a tax return at the end of the year, okay? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going to get deeper into that. When we talk about elections and deductions, you're basically asking for the IRS to say, hey, guys, I'm going to give you a loan out of my paychecks every month that I get paid. And because you have a fractionalized number of one, I am telling you that one and zero, which are the lowest, the, the highest possible taxation bracket that, I could, that you could be in, you're saying, hey, charge me as much as you can in regards to my income. I will loan the federal government all this fund, and at the end of the year, if I don't fit into that criteria, if I made too much or I made just enough, if I made, excuse me, if I made too little, you will give me a refund back. That's where you get your tax refund from. If I made too much, you will owe back. So those are where those equations come from. And that also works for the state income tax. You, you could um, put a higher election, and if you put a higher election from zero to one, that means, hey, I want the state to tax me at the highest possible bracket. Let's say you put a 10 or a 15 in your election. And by the way, I have seen the number goes from zero to infinity. I know that a lot of employers don't tell you that. They only tell you to say, hey, you can only put from zero to 10. But it goes from zero to infinity. The IRS has no jurisdiction on how many deductions that you could claim. When we talk about deductions, deductions could be your children, could be you, could be your external spouse, could be your family member, could be anybody. But it could go from zero to infinity. Infinity meaning that, hey, I have a million exemptions and I have a million deductions. So I want the IRS to charge me zero dollars. When we're talking about individuals that are not salary-based, maybe they're commission and salary-based. I have a friend that works in the sales industry, 
And what he typically does is he will ask me, Daniel, I've made X amount of dollars this year. Do you think I should file for a tax exemption to withhold my federal income tax? Sometimes he does that. And when you hold a tax exemption, what you're telling the IRS is, hey, I do not want to be taxed for this certain period of time because I feel like, hey, I want to recoup as much as I can without taxation. Ira, I'm going to pass it to you. Man, oh, um, so while you're talking, I'm just – this information I wish I would have learned when I was, you know, just starting off working even a part-time job or even a sometimes full-time job. I know people that start filling out that W-4 or W-9, they have no idea what they're doing. Um, Like you said, they're just putting zero or just putting one because that's what they've always done, but they don't know why they're doing that and how that's impacting their finances. This is something that, you know, it's not going to be today's show, but definitely shows down the road. I want to bring you back on, and we just talk about taxes, like what people need to know about filling out that form, you know, I know some people look at LLCs as a tax shield. What does that really mean? Or are you just listening to somebody who has network marketing and, and telling you, hey, you don't have to pay taxes? I know a lot of people that, you know, they, they say a lot of things, but I don't know. I want to learn from a, a person who that's their job, that's their business, is to help people, you know, with um, tax forms and making sure that they're being paid correctly. I think the knowledge that you have is something that everybody needs to know. So, man, um, my brain is just turning right now, and I'm just hungry for more knowledge on the things that you're talking about right there. So I appreciate that. You're very welcome, sir. Um, the the last thing I'm going to leave you with is in regards to um, there are pros and cons of having a payroll company. I'm going to leave you with three pros of using ADP and three cons. Um, I never want to toot my own horn, but I always want to toot the company's horn. The three cons of using a payroll company, and I'm telling you the con is, one, you have to be very, very selective and protective of your information. If you use a non-accredited company, then you fall in the liability of being, you know, um, being harassed by, one, a, a system of, Frosters, where they could take your social security and use it in a malicious way. Two, the con. If you fall underneath that payroll industry standard and you use um, QuickBooks, Quicken, Intuit, SunTrust, um, a non-accredited company that this is not their specialty, then you fall into that bracket of, hey, is my documentation legal? Is it appropriate? And am I being reported to the state each and every time that I run my payroll? And then three, the con is, hey, if I use a non-service provider that's not in the subject matter industry, am I being conned or are my taxes being deposited appropriately as required by the IRS? when we talk about number one income of having um, income from a a dollar to half a million dollars, the IRS specifies different brackets that you fall under that you will have to report your taxes merely on a weekly cycle, on a biweekly cycle, a monthly cycle, or a quarterly cycle. Now let's turn to the pros. The pros of using a payroll company established like, you know, um, ADP, Intuit, or um, um, payroll, uh, paylocity, or things as such is one, you have a subject matter expert, and they're teaching you, um, and they're giving you the correct document. When you come on board with ADP or paychecks or, um, you know, another payroll company that has been doing it for years, they tend to give you their documentation because their documentation is IRS standard. So when you're talking about employee information, state ID, documentation, those come directly from the IRS. Number two, your company is bonded. ADP especially is the number one rated company that will bond your company up to a million dollars of insurance fraud, tax fraud, or miscellaneous items that happen to your company while being managed by ADP. Number three, 
And when I talk about that, being managed by ADP, we have clients when they quit or leave ADP, they usually come back and say, hey, I have been uh, identity theft happened, you know, in my company. You guys bond me for a million dollars. Well, good, sir. If you're not using ADP or a trusted company at that time, then your bond is not actually liable, okay? We, we're not liable for any um, m- mishap that might happen during that period that you're not with ADP or, you know, any other payroll company. And third and most important, you know, we're talking about building your business. ADP does all the groundwork for you to take your business from that startup phase to that success phase. You're talking about being registered with um, Don and um, Bradstreet. Um, We're talking about building credit here. When you talk about credit, you're talking about business credit. A lot of people forget about their business credit. ADP specializes in Don and Bradstreet buildup. That is your that is your that is your 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 FICO score for your business. As an individual, we have FICO scores where we look to Experian, we look to um, Equifax, and you know, and, 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 and with ADP, you're we're reporting to Don and Bradstreet for you. We're reporting to the to Adventium Business to make sure that hey, this this employer, this business owner is registered with us and is paying and is not defaulting on any of their promises. So in a sense, when you're looking for that business loan, when you're looking for credit cards, we spearhead you. We tell you, hey, go and register your business with Yelp. Go and get a, um, a telephone number so that we register you with Don and Brasted and we're reporting on your business credit to know that, hey, you have a good business credit and you have a high business credit score for when you're looking for your loan. Ira, wow, wow, man! You just um, you just gave us a lot of information, a lot of good, valuable information. Um, anything from payroll to retirement to handling your businesses, hiring, firing, and now you know how to really hone in on how you'll be taxed. Uh, that's great information, um, Ola. I really appreciate you joining the show again. I'm going to have you back on because I really want us to really hone in on this thing called taxes and go deeper into this conversation. I believe the listeners need to hear it. Um, I believe I want them to, next time they get a W-4 pass in front of them, they're prepared. They know exactly what um, exceptions or deductions they need to take, and they walk away feeling secured enough that, hey, I know exactly what I signed up for, and I know how it's going to affect my um, daily financial lifestyle. So, Ola, I really appreciate you joining the show today. I want all my listeners, especially if you're entrepreneurs, you have um, questions, how can they reach out to you? Uh, yes, you can reach out to me via email. My email, direct email with ADP is Daniel, D-A-N-I-E-L dot O-L-A at ADP.com. My direct cell phone number for ADP is 404-993-6228. So um, you can feel free to call me anytime um, during business hours, please, <laughs> 8 to 5. <laughs> but uh, in that in that notion, I could assist you in various ways of keeping your business legal. And if we want to talk about cost, it is so cheap, as low as $35 a week. So, you know, that's my direct contact. Feel free to reach out to me and contact Ira if you if you didn't hear my informational. And uh, we can go back and, um, and touch a basis on this. Wonderful, wonderful. Thanks again for joining the show. I appreciate you, sir, and I'd love to have you back on in the future. Thank you, sir. All right. That was Daniel Ola from ADP. Gave us a lot of good information. Gave you his contact number and email as well. Reach out to him if you have questions about taxes or payroll. It never hurts to get a second opinion. I don't care if you're with someone right now. He might be able to save you money. He might be able to cut some expenses for you and drive more money into your bottom line. You never know unless you're proactive. Reach out and hear what he has to say. We're going to slide right now into the depth to the score segment of the show where we talk about not just three numbers, but we talk about behaviors. You know, the ABCs of credit, I say, is awareness, is behaviors, and is commitment. And today we're going to talk about keeping up with the Joneses. 
one of the things that I see a lot, you know, and especially in this day of age, the Instagram or social media day of age, that people do things just to keep up with neighbors or keep up with friends or even family. So we take on expenses. We take on um, you know, different debt just to say, hey, I have the new car or I have the bigger, biggest house um, or I have these nice shoes or I have this type of clothes. And I just want to challenge people to not look at so much as what everybody else is doing, but what can you do to really enhance your lifestyle based upon your budget? What I mean by that is don't go out and buy a $75,000 car if you know you can barely pay the note on a $30,000 car just because you can afford to do it. And I say that how you can afford to do it. If you have a, if say you have a 700 or above credit score and that bank or that car lender will give you that loan, um, just because you, because, because you have the means to do it does not always mean it's wise to take upon that debt. You know, I spoke with someone last week, and they told me, hey, I got approved for a $350,000 home, but there's no way that I'm going to get that because I know my finances. And I thought that was so wise. Just because you're approved for that and maybe your realtor is pushing you to get that type of loan doesn't mean you have to succumb to that type of debt. If all you need is a $200,000 you know, home or $150,000 home, if that works within your budget, then that's what you go for. You stand firm by it. Know what you can handle. Know your finances. Budget, budget, budget. And I'm speaking to myself on budgeting because I'm not always the best on budget. My wife will tell you that. But it's something that I believe kids at a young age need to learn how to do. One of the things with my children I want to do is introduce them to that thing called savings or budget at an early age. So when they get to be the 20s or the 30s, you know, it's a habit, right? It's a behavior. It's not something that they're learning how to do when they're already set, you know, in, in, a, in a lifestyle of spending money. So, again, that's what the crush score is all about, focusing on the behaviors. It's about focusing on the mentality. It's about knowing that you can overcome any obstacle that's in your way, whether it's finances, whether it's jobs, anything that you want to do or what you put your mind to do, it, you can do it. You just need to plan. You need to surround yourself with people who can help you develop and grow and educate yourself. Read a book. One of the things I say, if you're starting a business, get a mentor and get a book. Those two things are going to really teach you about, hey, is anybody else doing it? Who's been successful? And what do I need to do to be successful? So I urge you, I challenge you, take control of your lifestyle, whether it's credit, whether it's you know your business, spiritual, health. You take control. Don't let anybody dictate to you what you should be doing. Educate yourself. Surround yourself with people who can help you grow. And most importantly, have a plan. You listen to I Talk Credit on the Cat Builder Radio Network. Happy belated Valentine's Day. Have a blessed day. And tune back in next Thursday, 7 p.m. right here on I Talk Credit.